lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. I am suspended from Twitter. Woo! It's my first seven day. And guess what I got it for? Stunningly, it was for one of my more benign tweets. I said to at Dakota Phillips, uh, he was inquiring about, it was actually in a reply to uh, Latinos for Liberty, and he was asking, like, Basically, what should we should we be forgiving of Biden's legacy and give him a chance? Because what other choice do we have? And I replied, no, clearly, I don't believe you should. I believe you should push for secession from those that wish to enslave you. I caught a seven day for that. For saying that we should secede from those that wish to enslave us. If I can't say that, folks, I can't say anything. I mean, that that is as I mean, I mean it. It doesn't imply violence. It doesn't go after a protected you know, race, category, religion. Unless the protected category is the government. And it sure seems as if that's what I got popped for. Is that you cannot talk about secession, period. And I think that's a trend that you guys should be paying attention to. Uh, I don't know if it was based off of you know past strikes that they've had against me. As far as I know, I've never been suspended. I know I was shadow banned for a while. Um, but this is all part of the, you know, technocratic takeover of speech in this country. And I just wanted to basically come on here and rant about it because I can't do anything on Twitter. And it's a bad it's a bad day to have that happen because Gavin Newsom just announced uh, a new strict region-based stay-at-home order uh, that could take effect in my particular town within days. And essentially the, the new policy is that if any region's hospital ICU capacity drops below 15%, then they will have an immediate 21-day lockdown. They estimate that San Diego will reach that threshold any day now. So that's where I'm at. I'll be once again locked down against my will by the state. And San Francisco is supposed to reach the end of December. And it's just going to be a rolling dystopic hellscape here. And, you know, I, I've already essentially shut the doors to my business because I have a fiduciary responsibility to my investors, which makes it so that lending in this environment, which is what I did professionally, um, is untenable. You know, there there is ultimately too much risk with the glut of foreclosure and evictions that are yet to be told. You know, we we don't we haven't been allowed to foreclose or evict people basically all year. So there's, I think I saw statistics that there's, uh, we went from like three percent default rates on mortgages to over fifteen percent, and it could be much higher. I mean, who knows? So in my opinion, while the real estate market has held strong, basically because no one can be kicked out of their house right now. When that ends, and it has to inevitably, if we're ever going to get back to a functioning economic model, then there should be a tremendous amount of inventory 
that floods the market, depressing prices and jeopardizing the collateral for the loans that I would have made. So as such, I sacrificed my own financial well-being on the behalf of my investors because, as I said, I have a fiduciary responsibility to look after their money as if it were my own, and I didn't feel justified in lending any of that money out. So I shut the shut the doors to my business uh, a while back, and uh, more moreover, this rant is about those that have fought and struggled and barely managed to stay afloat. And that's largely the restaurants, bars, hairstylists, uh, service industry type gigs that barely, barely have held on and have progressively shifted their business models to reflect the new normal where all eating is outdoors and, you know, mask use, all that nonsense. Many restaurants locally here have gone out and bought, you know, tons of exterior furniture and now with winter upon us, they have also bought dozens and dozens of heaters, which are pretty expensive. So these businesses, while suffering mightily, have laid out capital to try and deal with, you know, these unbelievably dictatorial powers that Gavin Newsom is operating under. And I can't begin to explain how devastating it is for these businesses that they're going to be now told uh, part of that 21 days is that all exterior dining will also be banned. So all the science says that exterior dining is not a risk for transmission. There's tons of evidence that that's the case. And yet it doesn't matter. They're going to kill these people. They're going to close their businesses too. And I am stunned by it, honestly. I mean, I shouldn't be at this point given the amount of abuse that any business owner in the state of California has had to withstand, but it's getting to the point that like you're going to have business owners that have lost everything going nuts. Truly. I mean, my hope is that so many businesses just tell the governor and tell local authorities to shove it, that they can't stop us. But based off the prior lockdown, I don't think that's going to be the case. I, you know, call it blackpilled if you want, but I don't think there will be enough businesses that stand up and say, we have done everything you've asked of us. We can't go any further and we have to provide for our families. We still have mortgages to pay. We still have employees to pay. There's been no additional uh, compensation coming from the federal government or state level really to assist these people. And it doesn't look like there's going to be one approved anytime soon. And yet they're going to hammer these people after laying out tens of thousands of dollars to accommodate exterior dining, which the science says, once again, is okay. I don't know what the answer is at this point. I mean, obviously standing up against these rules and just operating as normal to try and sustain business is, in my view, the prudent answer. Uh, civil disobedience is the prudent response here. But the truth is, if we don't all do it, they will be targeted and fined and you know suffer the consequences as being the minority that's willing to stand up. So I, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope that there is enough pain that's been incurred by these ridiculous policies that they are going to just say to themselves, we can't do this. We can't. And we have to stand in unison and declare that we are, we're done. We're not playing this game anymore. I don't know. I don't know if they'll do it. 
I really, really hope they do. I really, really hope that my life can get back to normal. All the gyms are closed again. Uh, that happened weeks ago. My main mental health outlet is once again taken from me. And as you guys know, I would be out of here if it weren't for the fact that I am building six houses in this insane environment. And I have no choice but to see that to completion. So I am trapped here, literally, for about six months. And God willing, I can get those sold, get my primary residence sold, and get the hell out of here. But for the business owners that, that you know, had no intention of leaving, that had fought, had sacrificed, I, I just, I weep for them, man. It's just unbelievable what they would do to these people. These, like, upstanding good people that employ people, you know, restaurant businesses, for those that don't know, not a lucrative gig. I mean, it is hand to mouth. It's usually a passion project. So these people are not rich for the most part. And simultaneously, the rich businesses get to stay open. Walmarts, Amazons, all these guys get to stay open. And, you know, Democrats rail against economic inequality. And yet these policies have been the greatest driver of economic inequality in my entire life. And it's not close. It, there's no point in p pointing out the hypocrisy. Uh, the, we know that they're hypocrites. Biden was, or not Biden, uh, Newsom was in a restaurant, the French Laundry $500 a plate type gig. And he, uh, that was just a couple weeks ago. It doesn't matter. Their hypocrisy is irrelevant. They only understand power and they understand force. And it's going to require a real rebellion hopefully peacefully, but in unison, we have to get up off the couch, stop watching Netflix, and go out and fight this. We need to protest in front of the governor's mansion. We need to protest in front of the mayors who are now in LA in particular. My God, I mean, they are killing the businesses there. This was before Newsom's dictates today. Uh, a week ago, the mayor Garcetti came out and said, yeah, Outdoor businesses, even though we told you that you could do this, no more. And there's a lot of restaurants in LA. And those are all now illegal. And now Newsom is coming down and making it basically illegal across the state of California. They are trying, in my view, they are trying to break the backs of small business in this state. It could be argued that it's an attempt to break the backs of small business in this entire country. Relegate us to wards of the state where we have to have our hands out to survive. That's sure what it feels like to me. Sure what it sounds like when I talk to people. They are begging for help. And it's hard to blame them. Most people aren't as well off financially as me. They can't handle this. They have no choice but to ask for help. And where is that help going to come from other than from the government? for policies implemented by the government. They are walking up to their abusive spouse and asking for a handful of change. That's what's happening in this state. This is not hyperbole. It's not an over-exaggeration. That's my honest opinion as to what's occurring here. The state government here is abusing us and then making us reliant upon them. It is a sickness. It is a disease. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. I don't know how we get out of this other than true revolution. I don't know how. It doesn't seem as if it's going to end otherwise. 
Biden came out today and said that he was going to have in his first hundred days of his presidency, a mask mandate nationwide. And he says, oh, not forever, just a hundred days. Bitch, do you think that we weren't alive eight months ago when you guys said 15 days to slow the spread? Do you think that we're now going to accept a hundred days? And be, be like, oh yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure after the hundred days, life is right back to normal. Folks, life isn't going back to normal. The sooner you understand that and you respond accordingly, the better. You have to demonstrate your disdain for these people in a meaningful way. You have to come out and declare it loudly, fearlessly, that we are free and we will not be enslaved. That's the only way that we get this ended, that we move back to our old normal, which was normal life, freedom, risk-taking, entrepreneurialism, self-sustaining you know, lifestyles. I'm pissed. I am really upset. You know, I'm born and raised in this state 38 years now. I love California and I love the people here. And it's just so tragic. And not only that, it's tragic that this state voted for Biden. It kills me that I know dozens of people for sure that voted for Biden. And it's not that I wish they had voted for Trump. That's not the point. It's that they voted explicitly for the guy who ensured that the the hellscape dystopic nightmare that we all exist in and have existed in for almost nine months now will not end. It is sickening to me that people would vote for their captors to continue to capture them. We got we to gotta wake up. We got to do better. <sighs> so I had a bunch of my family together for Thanksgiving and Many of them um, lean conservative, so uh, we have a lot that you know connects us in that regard. But what I noticed was, uh, basically, the right wing is still caping for the thin blue line. You know, they're still they're still running the Nuremberg, Nuremberg defense out there to justify the police police's action, and they are the first to admit that they find the lockdowns to be unconstitutional and yet they are willing to excuse and instantly forgive the police that are enforcing it. So I would recommend to all of you and to do what I did, which is face your conservative relatives head on and inform them in no uncertain terms that their willingness to defend the police as the mechanism for enforcing the lockdowns means that the lockdowns won't end. The PR hit that the police are taking for this is not nearly enough. The police need to be reminded that their oath is to the Constitution. And ultimately, their oath is to defend the people. If they are unwilling to uphold that oath, then they are no different and certainly no better than the politicians writing these unconstitutional, tyrannical laws. And I feel like I made some progress with my relatives, but um, I just got to say, it's very disappointing. It's disappointing to hear people admit and lament the fact that we're, lo we're locked in our houses, but be willing to forgive the only enforcement mechanism that the state has to make it so. How can you blame anyone other than other than the police for shutting down your business, fining you, 
locking you in your home. These are all only enforced by the police at this point. I mean, the military could be ultimately, but I hope we don't get there. As it stands today, it's just the police. And then there's, you know, fines and stuff that are coming from city officials, uh, health, you know, representatives for the state. But ultimately, it's the cops. You know, there's a there's a 10 p.m. curfew in California, for God's sakes. And if you're if you're opposed to that because you're an adult that believes that you have the freedom to travel as you see fit, you should be offended that the police are treating you like that. Moreover, you should be outraged that they would think for a second that you would honor their title as police officer. You should despise them for it. You should let them know exactly how you feel. If they're just doing their job, their job is bullshit. Their job is immoral. The same defense that you're using for the police today is the same defense that the Nazi guards used. They were just doing their jobs. Sorry, Mom. It's not okay. Sorry, whatever relative feels this way. It's not okay. The cops are not to be forgiven until they do the right thing. Period. Because what's become abundantly clear over the past nine months is that the left does not care, nor do they respect any aspect of the Constitution. They simply don't. Especially the the protesters of late. I mean, they don't even respect your right to protest as they do it themselves. So it is incumbent upon the right to fill that void. Because if you're unwilling to do it, no one will. You constitute the majority of this country, in my opinion. A, a slim, silent majority. But your role is vital in this moment, and it may be your last opportunity. The left is not going to have an awakening in time to save us. The right is the only hope, and at this point, if you're going to run cover for cops as they enforce unconstitutional lockdown protocols, then you are part of the problem. Similar to 2008, when Ron Paul came on the scene, there was a big debate between the Democrats and Republicans at the time. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a huge, focused, targeted discussion about 35% tax, uh, top tax bracket, which the Republicans supported, and then a 38% top tax bracket, which the Democrats supported. That was the big debate. That was Overton's window. That was the allowable debate protocol. You were able to argue 35 or 38%, not to mention state. So we're talking basically half your income if you're in California. Um, and then Ron Paul comes on the scene and he says, uh, counteroffer and the IRS and the Fed. This is the, this is the role of libertarianism. This is the reason that we have any value at all, is that when the negotiating table presents two opportunities that you find completely untenable, you counter with what you actually want, and then you negotiate from there. You don't negotiate with someone who thinks that half of your money should be taken away. You tell them, fuck you, none of my money should be taken away. And then you allow the conservatives to craft legislation that may be a compromise from there. But as far as 
our voting power goes, as far as whatever sway we have over this political system, as limited as it may be, Ron Paul showed the way. You must negotiate with extremist ideology. The socialists, AOC in particular, has done a phenomenal job at this. Consider the Green New Deal and all these other nonsense, massive globalist socialist plans that have become part of mainstream conversation. They did it because the socialists are unafraid to tell exactly what they believe in. If the freedom lovers out there are going to be afraid and be unwilling to match that same honesty and enthusiasm, we stand no chance. You must get out there and say what you actually believe. You must rail against uh, speech suppression when it comes to social media platforms. You must rail against the Federal Reserve. You must rail against more than anything in modern politics, the lockdown. The lockdown is a complete bastardization of any principle that any American should ever believe in or allow for. So radicalism, folks, you have to present the counter argument. You cannot, you cannot negotiate with terrorists. You have to get them to come to the negotiating table on terms that you might consider. At this point, if the negotiating you know, platform or the differences between the two offers are, oh, well, we can have 90-day lockdowns or we can have 120-day lockdowns, the answer is fuck you. That is not, that is not an acceptable offer to consider. We are free. Tell them that. Say it like you mean it. Actually mean it. Better yet, consider the one-trick pony, the blessed one-trick pony known as Andrew Yang, who, whose grand idea is to give us a thousand bucks of our own money every fucking month. That is laying the groundwork for modern monetary theory, and it is laying the groundwork for complete reliance upon the state. It's so obviously the case that when you negotiate with these people, if you allow them to dictate the terms of that negotiation, you will lose every time. You have to shift the Overton window from 35 to 38 to 0 to 20. If you want to get your freedom back, you have to start demanding it. You have to start at a negotiating point that you might actually win something. You can't continue to allow the conservatives to have the 35 versus 38% debate because either of those options is servitude. Stop letting them set the parameters. Remember when you first learned about the Holocaust in high school or middle school or however old you were when you first heard about the atrocities and you thought to yourself, how is it even possible that the German, German people could have allowed fascism to take hold like this? A reasonable question. I want you to look around yourself today and ask yourself, do you think that perhaps we stand on that precipice once again as a people? Because I don't think it's hyperbole to say that anymore. They have locked us in our homes for nine months. They intend to do so for at least a full year. This is a complete abdication of their role to protect our freedom not to enslave. They are already talking about having uh, some sort of paperwork that you have to carry around with you after being essentially forced to get a vaccine. Now, I'm not an anti-vaxxer per se, but I am completely against 
forced vaccination. I am completely against stopping people from living their lives if they're unwilling to go along with the crowd. And the government intends to do this, clear as day. Biden will absolutely make that protocol. So that's just one small step. I think we've seen enough over the past eight months as it is under Trump's reign to be deeply concerned that we stand on the precipice of a second Holocaust, potentially, of those that think wrong, say wrong, do wrong in their sick worldview. If you are unwilling to say and do what's wrong in their worldview now, you may not ever have that chance again. You have to stand up right now. You cannot wait. You cannot rely on other people to fix this. You cannot think that a politician is going to wake up and decide to defend your rights. They have chosen not to time and time again. It is on us. Follow me at Liberty Lockpot on Twitter. I will be back in a week on Twitter. Uh, I got six days left of this ban for saying that we should secede from those that wish to enslave us. Uh, I stand by it. We should secede from those that wish to enslave us. This episode is brought to you by my boys, Luke and Typo, over at Biting the Bullet Podcast. Give them a follow. I've been on their show before. It's a fucking blast. Uh, Biting the Bullet, you can find it all over the place, so just search for that in whatever your podcatcher is, and make sure you subscribe to them. And uh, if you do because I sent you, let them know so that they know that this was uh, worth their time. They're going to be running an ad for me, and that's awesome. Got to love the reciprocal liberty action. Uh, also, I am blessed to have multiple new reviews. I like got eight new reviews, but only two of them were write-ups. So uh, we got L. Douche Canoe. <laughs> he says, L. Douche Canoe approves. Uh, found this little piece of liberty via the Bird app, and I'm glad I have. It's nice to hear people of my age with similar political views in a world surrounded by fools with red and blue ties. Keep up the good work, man. And I will, Vanduro. Thank you so much for the five-star review. You rock. And then we got uh, Uh He said, Kurt, on with the thought. So obviously you found my show from uh, having Kurt the Libertarian on. That was a blast. And he says, because a man who traded his liberty for a safe and dreamless sleep doesn't deserve the... Oh, doesn't deserve the both of them, and neither shall he keep. Beautiful. It says, keep him coming. Love the show. Uh, give him a follow. It is at SD for Liberty, like SD, like San Diego or South Dakota. I'm not sure which. Um, thank you so much for the reviews, guys. Keep them coming. And uh, if you leave your handle, I'll shout you out, and you might get some followers for it, which is easy money. All right. Love you guys. I'll catch you in a few days. I'm probably going to be doing more episodes this week since I can't tweet it all and I'm losing my freaking mind. Uh, need to get my rants out, so I will do probably another show. You guys are the best. Check you soon.